So hello, welcome to episode six of the Real World Fitness Podcast and the first one where I've actually managed to get some guests involved and well, we started trying to record this about an hour ago and then Kingdon's uh, internet and his laptop and oh, the dial up in his house must be horrendous. So uh, yeah, um, we finally got it sorted and got some guests on. So we've got uh, Jamie Kingdon and Johnny Brooks from the uh, Strength Collective. So these guys have been mates of mine for uh, a while and probably two guys that I've learned a hell of a lot off in terms of like strength training because that's kind of their bag. Um, so I'll, well, rather than me go on, I'll let them do a bit of intro. So go on boys, take it away. Give us a bit about kind of yourselves and kind of where, where you got, got you to this point now. Come on, Jamie. First. Uh, Thank you for I've been a PT now for about uh, nearly five years um, out of Total Fitness in Altrincham. Uh, and my background really is I've played rugby since I was a young young kid. Um, so my strength training journey, if you like, started through that. Um, I also compete uh, competitively at, in Strongman. Um, and so that's progressed over the last couple of years, really. Um, yeah, that's me. Um, so, yeah, uh, me and Jamie started PT in like roughly at, at exactly the same time, exactly the same place, Total Fitness in OT. Um, at the time, my, my sport was competitive powerlifting, and we sort of that, that was my training in the gym. And I tried not to. Like it sort of led me down a bit of a different path with my clients. Is I was not trying to turn all my clients into powerlifters, so it was it was good in a way because you know I had that aspect to my game in terms of my own training being powerlifting focused, but sort of learning some other tools to use with clients. Um, but yeah, over the years, like we've just done a lot of stupid heavy lifting together, essentially, and that's what brought us together and. Pro- pro- pretty much what prompted us to start the Strength Collective as well. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's my intro. I say, I say that, I remember like, I can't exactly remember how we all like kind of met. Obviously it was like through, through work and so that. But I have like vivid memory when I first like kind of saw you, Johnny, it was like in uh, sort of fitness at Wilmslow. And he's like, you're rocking around in like Converse, like ho- hoodie, <laughs> massive beard. And then like, like, uh, those of you know Brooks will know he's like like when he says powerlifter you think it's a massive bloke but like he's like lean <laughs> guy and you saw this guy over a bar that had about 170 180 kilos on it deadlifting and like stood there with Chris Jones going like mate there's no way he's lifting that and he went no no just <laughs> wait a minute and he's just like reps I was like I can't believe this it's like one of the strongest guys I think I've ever uh, they uh, didn't they were also the glory days um, oh, mate, now, now Kingdom's better than me at everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair, Kingdom looks like he should because he's like twice the size of me and you, so he's uh, True. a bit, but <laughs> kind of what you said there is quite good because it kind of brings us on to stuff we're going to talk about today because we are going to focus on the kind of strength training. But like, I we you know, we spoke before, uh, we started, and I certainly feel there's still a bit of a misconception around that when you talk strength training everyone automatically thinks, right, you're going to be chucking 
know, big weights on the bar. It's about shifting as much weight as you can, heaving it around and, you know, getting, getting, you know, like, like meatheads in the gym, it's about getting hench and getting massive and that. And I, I certainly don't feel that's the case. So kind of what, not what got you guys to that point, kind of where do you guys sit with it? What, what strength training to you really? What misconceptions do you boys see around it? So I think this, this really applies as well to, uh, to us with the strength collective, because obviously you look at the logo, you look at, you know, we're there with our beards and it, it, it does look like that's the kind of route that we're going down as well, but, but it isn't at all. Our, our sort of idea and our, our kind of message is, is that strength training is for everybody. It doesn't matter if you're 14 years old and just, you know, just still in school playing sport or you're 80 years old. We've both got clients that range uh, both ends of the spectrum yeah. and strength or resistance training to some level has a role to play in everybody's life at every stage in everybody's life yeah. uh, and that's something we try and push quite hard um, with our kind of brand and our beliefs yeah yeah definitely um, the, the misconceptions like it's it's probably like how how we sort of started like that's what actually attracted me to, to strength training was some of those misconceptions they're attractive to a you know 17 18 year old lad who's looking to get in the weight room um but like the, the deeper you get into the sort of coaching game you realize how it's the sort of foundation for everything you know like jamie said with um the young kids who are just looking to get a bit stronger and maybe play their sports a little bit better there's some of our like middle-aged clients um, who are working desk jobs and need that strength to be able to avoid pain and um, carry themselves over into the into later life and when, when it's still relevant, you know, for staying independent and staying healthy. So, yeah, it, it's it's a universal um, universal tools that everyone needs to be using. Um, it's just not always going to be those heavy deadlifts and the big beards and the you know doing ten shots of pre workout and doing deadlifts. You know, it's not always going to be that, but strength training should always be present, I think. Um, I haven't met any clients who didn't need to get stronger. Yeah. I probably won't. I don't think I will. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, like, I, I've seen that. I don't think anybody's ever complained about being too strong. Yeah, you're never going to be like, oh, you need to get weaker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think what Bruce said then is a, is a, is a good point. Um, about the kind of uh, the, the pain aspect of it, in that you get a lot of older clients who may not have done. So you're talking like 50 plus, maybe maybe even 60, 70, uh, like one of like one of Johnny's clients, Julian, who've probably had some levels of pain through their life um, for various reasons and never done anything about it. And quite often, people will fall back on you know, I'll just stretch or oh, I shouldn't lift that because it's it's, it's bad for you and it will cause me yeah. more pain. But yeah. quite often the answer is to strength train, to strengthen up your joints, to strengthen up your muscles. Um, and obviously as you get older as well, weightlifting helps prevent muscle wastage yeah. uh, and atrophy. Yeah, I think you guys must have seen, except like PC, you get somebody come into you who's been through whether like back pain or, you know, knee issues, hip issues, whatever it is, come in and they have that kind of idea of going, 
oh, well, I've seen a physio or seen a chiropractor, whoever about this. And like, they're almost like, um, when you say, right, well, we need to try and get you stronger. We need to work on this. And you can see them almost eventually going like, well, hang on a minute. What, what do you mean? Like get stronger. And I don't think a lot of people realize it certainly kind of links into kind of where we are at the minute is strength training doesn't necessarily mean like right weight on the bar. It starts as far back as just like, uh, like, well, some of the stuff I see like you post particularly Johnny is like body weight and what looks like it should be dead simple, but it's actually, yep. when you come to do it and you do it properly, it's actually not really hard. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the thing, like strength, strength training as a concept is like massively dependent on where you are at the minute. So for me, if I'm training to get stronger, I'm going to need a, a heavier weight on the bar because where I am currently, I already have X amount of weight on the bar. But, you know, for someone who needs to get stronger, who can't, a bodyweight squat yet their strength training looks like someone else's warm-up but that's still a strength training it's still relevant um so all you're looking to do is increase performance from wherever you are at the minute um it's yeah it's something yeah something that we come across with clients all the time and you sort of just touched on it then with like the the, the idea people have in their heads and it and it, it can be quite important as a coach like if you say to someone okay well we're, we're gonna we're going to need to get a little bit stronger. You can already see the alarm bells going off in their head because they've, they've got these ideas about strength training or they've got this image in your head of you stood over them underneath a barbell squatting to failure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we like delivering, how to deliver it is really important as well. Um, and how you approach it like verbally with your clients, I think it's really key. So, so go on. So what, I guess what does that look like to you then? How how do you broach that with with clients? If you've got somebody who's just kind of starting out in the gym, looking to get a bit leaner, you know, lose a bit of lose a few pounds, things like that. How do you kind of broach it with clients and signal right? Well, we need to, we need to look at basing your training around strength then. Yep. Well, um, I think something that I've seen like Jay, Jay do a lot as well is you always have to relate things back to people's goals. And like, obviously like coming up through the system that us three have come through, like we're always finding out what our clients' goals are. Um, so anytime you can relate what you want back to what they want is key. So like if someone's looking to build muscle, you might explain to them that if they're stronger, they're able to use you know, higher levels of loading on exercises. That's gonna help promote more muscular growth or during a diet, it's going to help promote um, better muscle retention. Or for those guys in pain, being stronger, it's going to help their muscles tolerate more load um, and stabilize joints more effectively. So you can always pull it back to the goal. Um, yeah, I, I, I quite often, when, when somebody starts as well, in terms of um, people wanting to lose weight or if that is their primary goal, quite often I find that a, a, a good way to, to start putting people into to progress them is that if you actually push them into strength training um, and that becomes almost their primary, primary kind of uh, driver and then the, the weight loss and the compositional changes become... Uh, 
a byproduct of training yeah. well and becoming stronger. Yeah. So it's, I think it's yeah. quite important to look at, look at uh, getting stronger and training correctly is the primary goal. And yeah, definitely. All the all the fluffy stuff will, will come afterwards as a product of that. Yeah, it's always like performance-driven programming, always, doesn't matter who it is. Um, so whether it's, you know, Jamie talked about my client, Julian, um, and I've got a couple of clients who are more athletic, but the programming is always performance-driven. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean, like, when people think performance-driven, they think doing box jumps and Olympic lifting. Performance-driven <laughs> is just driven to increase your performance wherever it's at at the minute. Um, and then, like, you'll, you'll know as well, like, um, being a nutrition coach, once you've got that box off in the weight room, you can start to, do, you know, implement your strategies to, to bring about the compositional changes or the weight loss changes. Yeah. Because um, there's, no, there's no workout that's going to make you lose weight. Do you know what I mean? They can all do it. Yeah. But not every workout is going to make you stronger. That's so, I, I try and get with a lot of my clients to have, like, a performance goal. So that their yeah. training is geared towards that, because, like you said, massive. Yeah, if they're they're training to get stronger and perform, but you know, be pain free and, and things like that. Then yeah. when they're eating to like support that. Then chances are, kind of like weight loss, fat loss, things like that. Body comp goals yeah. happen alongside it. Um, so bringing it back to kind of where we're at now, with obviously things have changed massively in the last couple of weeks, and I guess like you guys have probably been grafting pretty hard to adapt all your clients training and everything because of the current like lockdown and that so what have you guys i guess it's not what you can't say what you've done with individual clients and that but like how how do you go about making sure people can still like get stronger and uh, or if, they, if they can and how do they keep strength training if you like during the lockdown i, I think a big one um uh, the three of us mentioned it earlier on between us is uh, Johnny said about systems and I think it's about it's about structure and systems and having those things in place um, to keep you motivated and to keep you working towards something because obviously if you've got a 200 kilogram deadlift in the gym and you're now it doesn't matter how you how you look at it if you're now outside the gym not and you don't have those weights you aren't going to be able to progress that so it's about keeping moving forward in the best possible way that you can which will then stand you in better stead when you get back to the gym so it's just making sure there's still a structure in place like it is still worth following a program that your coach gives to you it's just in adapting that to what we have now so for me it's been uh obviously most people I've, i've sent both options out to everybody so i've sent workouts out that are completely body weight and you just progress those by either increasing time under tension um, to make reps harder or adding reps each time that you do it. Um, but I've also provided them with sort of minimal kit workouts, banded workouts, just things that they can play around with and, you know, progress over time to make things harder. And I'd like, like repeating myself from before, it's just about putting yourself in the best position you can for when we do eventually get back to the gym, unless you're lucky enough to have a load of home kit. He says as he sat on like a bench with a record. <laughs> yeah, that's um I think like I I knew this question was coming because me and you had a bit of a chat whilst Jamie was throwing his laptop out the window before. Um, yeah. 
and it's been on my mind as well. Like I've I've done a couple of posts uh, on the subject, but I think especially for some of the, the the people who are more into their strength training, it's it's it can be a worrying time. I know this is like an arbitrary thing to worry about, but people are worried about getting weaker and losing their, their gym progress. Oh yeah. Um, the the good news is that it doesn't take much to maintain the level of strength that you achieved, um, or the level of muscle mass that you built maintaining is so much easier than actually building um a lot of it's mental if you can get your head around that it takes very small amount of training volumes or and low intensities to to maintain strength um but what i will say is that be aware that people do detrain um so if you if you were a, a 200 kilogram squatter you might not have lost any strength but you might have lost your ability to squat well under 200 kilos um so you're going to need to reintroduce and resharpen your technique when you come back to the weight room um but in terms of training at home i think number like number one is you have to you might have to move the goalposts a little bit for yourself um if you're looking to like gain loads of muscle and loads of strength whilst you're at home you've got no equipment you're setting yourself up for failure which is a bit of a no-no in terms of coaching um so choose some low-level goals that you know that you can accomplish, and then you come back to the gym actually having achieved something rather than having failed at an impossible task. Um, secondly, I think you need to be able to choose your weapons. So, like you know, like Jay's got his barbell and his rack, so he he can program himself some squat sessions. If you don't have a rack, don't fucking worry about squatting um, because it, it doesn't. You can't do it. So you have to cho- you have to choose a different weapon. So it might be that you're going to do you're going to use lunges as one of your primary exercises with body weight and you're going to use the tempo to make them difficult for yourself. Um, and then I think two other things, there's two good opportunities with training at the minute. Number one is an ability to work on your weaknesses because we don't do it enough when we're in the gym. Oh yeah. So I think, I think for a lot of these people, a lot of people like just said general work capacity um, and their fitness can improve, especially if you're deep into the powerlifting or strongman game. Like we're not the best um, cardio people, so you can improve that, and it's going to help improve your work capacity in the gym and your recovery. Yeah. Um, things like your core strength, just basic stuff, your mobility. These can all be trained at home, um, and we're more likely to neglect them when we've got access to the hack squat because that's way more fun, right? Um, and then lastly is it ties in with that is just having a bit of a long-term mindset. So if you're, if you're able to use this opportunity to work on your mobility and your work capacity and train some of the weaknesses, you're going to get back to the weight room a better athlete anyway. Um, and you can progress longer afterwards. So it's a little bit of mentally getting your head around what you can do. Yeah. And then a lot of systems like we talked about. So I'm a, Jay, you're going to talk. Uh, yeah, it's just a little bit more on uh, on the stuff that Johnny said just then, really, about, uh, well, that we both said about putting yourself in the best position you can when you get back to training at the gym. And two two big things that I've focused on with clients as well, uh, and it sort of keeps you moving forward, keeps you keeps you targeted, is, is the nutritional stuff um, yeah. and their sleep as well. It's a really good time now. Uh, while everyone is stuck at home to build build some habits that you may have been struggling with before because you've probably got more free time. Um, so just making sure you know you're eating good quality food, 
um, making sure you're sleeping enough every night, which I don't think anyone should be having a problem with now. But if you can nail that for two months, then you'll find it a lot easier to stick to it when you go back to the gym and go back to work. Yeah. yeah. yeah I guess John is probably the same. Like, find it with some of my clients the minute they've gone, actually, this is probably the best time for me to get on top of some of those things. And, you know, they want to try and make a positive out of a potentially bad situation. Um, and use it as a time to get on top of things, even though the gyms are closed and uh, you know a lot of them might be limited in what they can actually do at home. Yeah. yeah. Where your focus is. Yeah, massively. I think it's our job as coaches as well to flick people's focus to what they, they can do. Um, yeah. It's easy to focus on what you can't do at the minute. Um, and that's just, that's the value in having a coach actually, I think just being able to flip the switch on people and, you know, when it comes to it, say, stop feeling sorry for yourself, you know what I mean? You've got this opportunity here, so take it. Um, you know, it's not it's not a bad situation to be in unless, you know, unless you've, you're dealing with COVID. It's genuinely a good situation um, for, for a majority of people uh, in terms of training opportunity and things like that. Obviously, there's more going on that you people can worry about but in terms of raw training opportunity there are there are, there's loads to do yeah I'm just like I guess from what you were saying about like training your weaknesses like yeah I'm certainly guilty of this you'll you'll have lads who are guilty of this is like you neglect the like the basics if you like so the, the structural balance stuff the general prep stuff like, yeah. kind of like, like the, the work capacity stuff because it isn't like as fun as getting under a bar and uh, you know trying That's to hit cool. PBs and things like that. Um, yeah. So it is a massive opportunity at the minute to to get on top of that stuff because you haven't got, you know, in most cases, you haven't got hundreds of kilos sitting in your back garden and that's yeah. to, to go and lift. So yeah. I know one of the questions you put out in your stories on Instagram and that that got asked was asking about how you go about training for like multiple things. So like yeah. if you what we like strength training and like you've got running goals or whatever at the same time. Um, how do you, how would you go about that? I think it's about having a, having a set program in place. And that, I think that's where having a coach can be really good. Um, in that if you want to perform your best in each, each kind of discipline or area that you're working in, then you need to have set structures in place to do that. Like at the moment, um, I'm lucky enough to have some gym kit. Um, so I'm still doing my strength training, um, which is more of a, you know, just what I enjoy doing. Whereas I need to stay fit for rugby. So I'm trying to push that a little bit now and using this time to get as fit as I can. So I've, I've turned to doing quite a bit of running over the last two to three weeks. And it's just structuring it so one doesn't affect the other. So, you know, you wouldn't want to run 10K the same day as you're putting some big squats up or anything like that. Yeah. It's making sure that around your recovery is good as well. Yeah. Just in, It's just good program design. And same as always, like, if you don't have a program, just get one. Like, it, there's no... There's no... There's no... Um, I don't even know what that was. <laughs> there's, there's literally, there's no, there's no honour in not having a programme and trying to figure it out. It's just stupid. Um, 
even for for a coach who knows what they're doing and knows the programming variables if you don't have it set it's just like what there's no point um people do it more with exercise than they do it with anything else in their life like yeah. you're not going to see a doctor go to work um without a you know without set procedures and set plans and this is what i do when this is the case and this is what i do when this scenario happens but you might see that same professional go into the gym and fucking wing it yeah just doesn't make any sense so it you set, like just having a, a set plan is massive because then you can start to attribute certain parts of the session to a specific goal or certain parts of the week for example me and jay bounced back and forth a lot about how to make sure that he's recovered for his runs um from his his squat sessions but not impact the squat sessions because he's running yeah um, so it's that's a balance and, and being able to track things and look at metrics and look at the data and see if you're on the right track or not is is key um but if you don't measure it then you just don't know it you just you know it's a shot in the dark um so, so even if you're massively limited you need to start structuring things because then you can adjust you can't adjust without a structure. So when you say then, like for people who might, don't know, when you're saying about looking at the metrics and the data and things like that, what are you talking about? Um, so like for, for something like if we're going to run with the, the running idea and the squatting idea, you might look at, you know, you've got your, your next four weeks of squatting laid out. Um, and then once you've introduced your running, you see that those numbers are no longer achievable or that you're having a bigger impact than you thought you would. So you might even have to you might have to move something, or you might have to reassess. You know, if Jay's going to do a long run on a Monday, are we going to do his hardest squat session of the week on Tuesday? Probably not. Do you know what I mean? You might have yeah. your lighter run and then your heavier squat session. Things like what well, you know, Jay will know what he's doing at the minute. Um, what do you reckon? Yeah, it's just one thing I'm really looking at is. Uh, as well as the timing of things is is the um, I've spoke to you about it a bit is the recovery. Yeah. So it's making sure that I'm thinking you'll know when you're getting fatigued because your performance will start to drop off on either yeah. your weightlifting or on your running. So that's the kind of metric and the data that Johnny's talking about is yeah. you'll know. You'll know if your recovery is not right, you'll know if you're getting tired. Yeah. You know, Grim writes a lot about yeah. protein stuff on his page. If you're not hitting your targets on protein, you'll start to mm. fall off. So it is all like a it all ties in together and I think that comes yeah. back again to, to what we said before about how strength training and performance should be sort of the primary aim for everybody. Um, everybody should be able to run or, you know, go for a brisk walk to some level. doesn't matter how old, should be able to, you know, either jump or land from a bit of a height, you know, take the shock in their knees. Everybody should be able to lift something. Yeah, uh, or it will have a benefit for everybody to be able to, to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think I as well. Sorry, mate. Go no, go on, go on, go on. You go. Um, I was just going to say about like the the metrics and the data. All it does is it helps you build up a picture, an image. So you know, if let's say I go out for a run, I've not tracked anything, and I feel worse than I usually do, I can chalk that down to bad workout I can chalk that down to the weather I can chalk it down to oh, I wasn't very motivated but when I've tracked the data and I realize that I've done the heaviest squat session two days ago and then you know like you've got you've got a baby and you've slept three hours a night for the past two nights then you start to see actually maybe I'm 
maybe I was taking a shot in the dark, but the actual reason is that it, I'm not recovered enough from the session. Yeah. So what do I need to do next time? Do you know what I mean? So you can learn from your mistakes a little bit. And that's all programming is. It's adjusting for the, for the scenario. That's all it is. It's giving you that overall view, isn't it? So you can have a look at exactly. like, the bigger picture and then make informed yeah. decisions on where you go next with your programs. Um, yeah. Johnny, yeah, Johnny just said that one of the keywords, and that's tracking. Like, even if you're not following a strict program at the moment, um, tracking some of the variables to to you know your your fatigue. So just track when you've done your sessions. Track, literally, rate your energy levels on a scale of one to ten. Um, how yeah. awake you feel, how much sleep you've had. You, you, if you really want to perform at your best, you want to be tracking in some way everything. Yeah. Yeah. I th- You'll be an athlete, pretty much. I, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, I, I, we, like me, me and you spoke about this a fair bit, Jay. A lot of it, like with kind of what, I, I guess, coaching in general, but whatever people are, are training for, a lot of it is just almost like, a bit like you would with a, with a business, you're putting strategies in place and then tracking and like kind of seeing what, what happens. Go back to the data after two, four, six, eight weeks, whatever it is, and go, right, well, the strategy's got to change. We've got to do this. Put a new strategy in place. Again, track the metrics and watch, watch kind of what happens, and then you just make an informed decisions again. Yeah, Dallas. Um, yeah, that's part of, that's a major part of being a coach, isn't it? It's we just collect data. Yeah, yeah, and then relay it back to someone in the way that is going to help them to progress from where they already are. Yeah. Um. I think that what we just touched on there is massive. It's it's one of the biggest differences between exercise and training. Yeah. Um, which is, listen, both are amazing. Exercise is great for you. Training is great for you. Um, but one of the differences is it, training is progressible because you you're, you're measuring and managing things. Um, exercise is just it's just exercise. Um. You know, if if you look at like the Joe Wicks PE session, yeah, great exercise. Yes, is it training? No, because there's no set method for progression, um, which is fine until your goals dictate that you need to progress. Yeah, which they should really. Yeah, I think that that's good because I, I missed that. I know that was one of the things we we're going to chat about is the difference between exercise and training. And I think, yeah. like I so say, you've nailed it there. Is like training as like a plan. It's that it's something you do to get to a, a given point. Whereas exercise is just yeah. more of a scattergun approach of like, what do I feel like doing today? And I'll go for yeah. a long walk or I'll go for a run or whatever. It's, it's, yeah. Um, it doesn't have that outcome. It doesn't have that progressive uh, element to it. Yeah. And it just becomes very haphazard, if you like. So there isn't enough stimulus, progressive stimulus to drive any adaptation really long term. So essentially, you're not asking your body, you're not asking enough of your body as frequently as you can to make it do something that it can't, it couldn't do before or didn't have before. Yeah, and that's the problem with it. Um, it's it's a little bit like the difference between coaching and a class, if you like. Yeah, like this, yeah going and doing thing class or. You know, a hit class is great. You're burning calories if you if you're kind of 
trying to lose weight, that's amazing. Like everybody getting up and moving more is awesome. But if you, if you look at that, you're probably not going to progress from that. If you do the same spin class every single week, three yeah. times, that, that is where you're at. That's the kind of pinnacle, isn't it? Like once you can nail that spin class, that will stay the same. There's no extra stimulus coming in to push you in from that. Your, your body becomes yeah. a lot more efficient. You know, it knows what it's going to do and it becomes efficient. The same thing. So you, yeah, you, burn, you yeah. burn less calories. You get less of a, uh, a health benefit from it or less of a CV benefit from it because your body yeah. understands what it's doing, how to find the easiest way to do it. Um, yeah. exactly. So I think we've kind of covered everything there. So to kind of round up a little bit, um, what best piece of advice you've been given to like with your own or that's kind of molded your own philosophies on strength training or kind of got you to thinking the way you do now put you on the spot here boys that's a big question you've been going first so you can go first (laughs) (laughs) i think not not necessarily just when it comes to strength training, but like, obviously, I've, like I said, I've been coaching for like nearly five years, but I think it, a, a big thing in, in that to progress yourself is hiring a coach. Like Rimmer, you've, you've helped me a lot of my nutrition. Um, I listen to a lot of what Brooks has said about strength training because he has been more seriously into strength training for longer than me. So I think that one of the biggest sort of pieces of advice that you can, you can get is to kind of, make sure you don't have an ego and and absorb all the information you can around you. So, yeah, you know, Brooke has been known for ages. He's like the, the king of deadlifting. He was, he's always been quality. Oh. I, you know, the guy's yeah. been at 70 kilos body weight. So for me, and just, just listen and absorb as much information as you possibly can. I'm going to add a little bit to that. I think asking why, is a good thing of that, like kind of getting an understanding for yourself of why you're doing something. Um, so like, you know, if you don't understand why your coach has put an exercise there where they have, ask him. Cause if you, I think the more you understand what you're doing, the more you're likely to go and stick to it and do it. Whereas if you're thinking like, seems a bit like I don't get this you're more like to like, if it's an exercise you don't like or whatever, sack it off and skip it and move to the next one. Um, go Go on, Brooks, you've had time to think about your answer. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, like what, what Jamie talked about is like, be a student. You know, whatever game you're in, you have to be a student of the game. Like as soon as you start to think that you've got to an elite level of knowledge or expertise, you're not going to progress any further. Um, so, yeah, try, it's, it's hard as well with training, actually. It, it, it can feed into your ego a little bit. Um, so sort of realizing where you're at always keep your eye on the next level i think and be aware that it's there but also be aware that you can get up onto it like something i struggled with when i first started was i would just look at the guys on the top level and be like how 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 can i bridge the gap the gap's Mm -hmm. too big but if you're not aware that it's there then you think you're the top level you're not going there anyway so it doesn't really matter yeah um and yeah i think like just just making it a part of your lifestyle and if it's not a part of your lifestyle at the minute, you know, it's not going to fall into place. You have to shoehorn it in. You have to force it. Um, like me and Jay for probably like two, two and a half years would train at exactly the same time every day. Um, 
didn't matter if you were sore. You know, if you, as an experienced coach, you might look back and say, oh, we shouldn't have done that squat session or we shouldn't have done that deadlift session. Like, we've done a lot of stupid sessions. But we forced it because now it's, it's completely a part of the lifestyle leaders train yeah. because yeah. You've, you've made it, you've forced it in. Um, so don't be too passive with things that you're trying to implement, for, get, get them going and, and stick to it. Even if it's, you know, like some things off clients that I've had in the past where you're really trying to get food prep as a, as a habit and they've just come home from a wedding or whatever and they're half caught in the kitchen doing food prep at two in the morning. You know what I mean, but those are the things that it takes to, to make something a part of your lifestyle. Okay, so you kind of put it up then. So biggest mistakes you guys make. So I feel at times like people often think like this. See, like certainly like you boys lifting big weights. That you think like you've always been like that's so what the biggest mistakes you've made on the way to getting stronger and like with your own training. There's a list. <laughs> we'll just take one up. <laughs> Are you going? Are you going? Go on, Jay. You can go first. Just thinking. Me, me and him could probably. Me and him could probably do each other's stupidest stuff. To <laughs> could do that, Rowan, if you want. That might be. That might be uh, more interesting if you give each others. <laughs> uh, yeah, go on then. We'll do each others. Uh, go on then, Brooks. You give Jay's then. It sounds oh. like you've already got it. Um. I don't like we've, we've <laughs> probably like with Jay. Once he gets to it, if he's excited to go to a certain weight, then once he can do it, you'll catch him doing it like every day. <laughs> so like the most, the most like <laughs> the most intelligent program will get him to the weight that he's wanted to be at, like a two twenty squat or whatever. Once he's got there. It'll be on his back every day for two weeks until he can't walk. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, he knows that's the truth as well. <laughs> uh, Go on, Jay, challenge you get your own back on him. <laughs> it's, it's probably similar, really. It's probably just stubbornness. Like, I think sometimes you have to accept where you currently are. I mean, I've seen Johnny do it before where, you know, we've got multiple goals, uh, multiple goals. Um, and we've been doing a session and there's a bit of a bit of competitiveness flying around. And, you know, I'm 40 kilos heavier than Brooks is. Like, I've seen Brooks go for something big in a session and miss it. He's not injured himself, but, you know, he's got, he's dashed his phone across the gym. He's got pissed off. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I just think uh, it's, it's sort of trying to stay real with where you're at. Um, and yeah, yeah, that's right. I think, like, comes down to like, for, for me, I, I know exactly what session Jay was talking about. It was, it's like being, being wary of where you're at and, um, you know, not trying to do anything too stupid, but I think mentally as well, not just surrendering stuff because it's, it's difficult. So like the context was like, I was doing a lot of cardio and less weightlifting for my fighting. Um, but we'd come into deadlift together and the, like the, com the competitiveness is still there. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I wasn't willing to tolerate the fact that I couldn't do a rep that I, sh- I thought I should have been able to. Um, so yeah, I just booted the phone across the gym. But... <laughs> <laughs> right. Last one then. Uh, if you could only train one exercise or one uh, one thing for the for the rest of your life, what would it be? Personally or for everybody else? No, personally. Squat. Oh, as a squat. No, it no used way. to be the deadlift, but then I, I I got to a certain weight that I wanted to do with deadlifting, like like Johnny's just uh, just throwing me under the bus floor, and uh, <laughs> tried to pull it too many times and then snap my back doing it, and then I fell out <laughs> No way you catch me squat. If I had one exercise, but no way it'd be squatting. I've squatted every day for for a month, for three months, and it didn't end well. Oh no! I think, oh man, I'm not sure. You know, I'm gonna have to go with a deadlift, just because it's so it's so. Are we allowed to use variations? Oof, you're pushing it now, Brooks. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> if yeah, it's such a versatile tool. It's yeah, just, yeah. There's nothing you can't train with it, really. But the squat's right up there as well. And if you've not got if you've not got access to equipment, the squat's king. Yeah. You can forget the deadlift. You know what I mean? So squat probably I think squat, a, so. a, good, a good point with the with the deadlift as well, actually. I was gonna say it earlier on, is like uh going back to, to everybody training like an athlete and everybody doing strength training. I think the deadlift is a big one that a lot of people will walk into a gym and go, cut all that weight on the bar, there's no way he should be doing that. It's gonna hurt his back, which is a massive mm. misconception. Yeah. Um, in that, every, all my clients, um, and if they listen to this, they'll know will deadlift to some capacity. Like, yeah. you know, I've made yeah. mistakes before deadlifting too heavy. Everybody does it, but you, you find your variation. Like Johnny's just said, like everybody should be hip hinging to some level. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's an IDL, you know, whether it's banded work. Yeah. Um, yeah, but deadlift is the game. Cool. Yeah, if you're not deadlifting, you like just do it. You know what I mean? You're literally leaving leaving gains on the table. Um, but like Jay said, you have to find the right variation and the right intensity and bridge the gap to where you're at at the minute. That's, um, I was going to say that's going down like for a podcast when we can't uh, that forever YouTube. That'd be a class one to look at. Um, but I think we can come back to that one another day. So um, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. So. For me, thank you boys for coming on and being the first guest and Cheers, for that. So, um where can guys find you on social media and things like that because I think you guys are two class lads to follow on there so where can they get you on Facebook Instagram wherever uh, so my my Instagram is at jamie.kingdon.tsc um, and you can also follow at the underscore strength underscore collective which I think uh, Rimmer did a load of posts for us last year when we were posting more frequently, so yeah, people yeah. have put it on the page. I'll share some of that. Yeah, you search that Strength Collective page, it's really some good, really good stuff on there. I think you guys are kicking that up again at the minute. Now you've got yeah. yeah. yeah, it's going to be a yeah, it's going to be a big, big year for the Strength Collective, so um, it's definitely worth a follow now. The content's going to be kicking up. Also, my uh, my Instagram's at j dot brks and uh it's mostly just lifting weights and uh and there is some yeah, on that, to be fair 
some good content out on there. He's, yeah. he, he, he puts a lot of good posts on. I think as well, just while, while I think about it now, if uh, we, we gave out a uh, really good for the current times, we gave out a free um, five 10k novice and 10k advanced running plan. Yeah, yeah. Um, if people want to add us um, and then ask about that, then we can we can shoot some freebies out. You know, some free programs to to, to get involved in some running. Um, they do have some body weight circuits with them as well. So all that leaves me to say is a massive thank you to Johnny and Jamie for coming on. Definitely check those boys out on uh, on their Instagram. They put up some great content. It's very very useful. Um, finally, don't forget you can find me at Coach Rimmer on Instagram and Twitter and at CoachRimmerDom.com on Facebook. Uh, hopefully you've got something useful out of today if you have and you've enjoyed the show please go on iTunes and leave us a 5 star rating and a review Uh, and don't forget if there's anything you've got out today or anything that you want to hear us talk about feel free to drop us a message on Instagram or Facebook and let me know I'd love to hear from you Uh, I'll see you next time